So if you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, you want to witness. If you have no desire to witness, it's an indication you have not yet been baptized by the Holy Spirit. If the central aspect of your life is a self-centered, egotistical life, it's evidence that the Holy Spirit has not immersed you yet. This is Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. Today's message, Receiving the Spirit, Part 2. Enjoy, and remember you can always catch up with past messages and stay up to date with Hope Lives 365 and Pastor Mark by going to hopelives365.com. And now, Pastor Mark Finley. You may be convicted by the Spirit. The Spirit may do some work in your life. But once the Spirit fills you, you have a desire to share His love for others. You have a desire to share Jesus with others. There can be no inner baptism without an outer witness. The inner baptism always leads to the outer witness. Now we're back to tongues of fire. And here in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, Acts 2 verse 1, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about what it means to speak with other tongues this afternoon and uh, the significance of that. We'll look at every passage in the New Testament on tongues. We're going to get tongues, miracles, and signs this afternoon. But this morning, we need to concentrate on this fire. Fire is a representation of immersion in the presence of God. Now, God uses fire because of three reasons. Yes, fire shows the presence, the glory, the power of God. But God could have chosen water, he could have chosen wind, but he chose fire. Why? Fire does three things. Fire reveals, fire consumes, and fire energizes or empowers. And that's what I want to study with you this morning. If I'm truly baptized by the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit living in my heart reveals my pride, my selfishness, my love of position, my touchiness, my callousness, and my downright meanness. If you are truly baptized by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit within you shows you things about yourself that nobody else knows. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. The first point we're making is that the genuine baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an electrical impulse shooting up your spine. It's not your ears tingling. And it's not yelling out gibberish in pride that nobody else understands. In fact, the true manifestation of the Holy Spirit is God speaking to your heart through His Word and breaking your heart to reveal into you, to you things that nobody else you want them to see. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13. And we're going to look at verse 12 and 13. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, what's that talking about? If you try to build a foundation of faith on your own wisdom, your own strength, your own spirituality, one day it's going to be revealed because you can, you can do a lot of pretending. Uh-huh. You can do a lot of, you can pretend to be a Christian. You can go through all the actions of being a Christian. You can, you can do a lot of um, external uh, 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 fooling other people.
people. You can fool other young people here, uh, but you're building on a foundation, the Bible says, of gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. It's, it's all uh, external. Each one's work will be manifest for the day, that is the second coming, will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is that fire reveals. Fire reveals. On my knees, I pray, O oh Lord, reveal to me the things that I don't see. Amen. Lord, in Laodicea, I am spiritually blind at times. Baptize me with your presence. What is the baptism of fire? It's, it's immersion in God's glory, his presence, and his power. Lord, baptize me with your presence. Baptize me with your glory. Reveal in my heart things about myself that I do not know. My wife and I have been married 43 years, and 43 years ago in June, June 25, 1967, we um, took our honeymoon up into New Hampshire. We went to Atlantic Union College, both of us, and we were married there in, in 67. And so I had very little money at that time. Don't have much today, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I had very little. So we decided to take a very simple little honeymoon, stayed in a very small place in a hotel on a little lake called Lake Bomazine. And I wanted to go up to Fort Ticonderoga. It's a fort in which... Um, it took place in the uh, French-Indian War, and um, I wanted to go up there, and I was kind of interested in arrowheads. I wanted to find an arrowhead, so I was looking all around for arrowheads. I never found one, but I was looking all around and looking all around, trying to find these arrowheads, and I, we had a guide that was taking us through the fort, and I said, tell me a little bit. We were walking through the front gate of the fort, and I said, where are some of the greatest arrowheads found? And he said, you know, you're walking over that ground all around the fort. We found our arrowheads every year. And I said, man, that ground is so hard. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how you can possibly find an arrowhead. He said, it's very interesting. And it's logical when you think about it. When the Indians fought, they shot at the fort, obviously, and uh, they were shooting, and so where are the arrows going to fall? They're going to hit the fort. They're going to either stick in or over the years. There'll be those arrows that miss if they're shooting out of trees and they are sticking around the fort. And as time goes on, those arrowheads sink in the soil. So they're about an inch beneath the soil. When the spring comes after the winter and there's a thaw, it brings them to the top. And he said to me, those arrowheads are about an inch or two inches beneath the soil. And in the spring thaw, it's going to bring them to the top. And when the tourists are coming through then, you'll find an arrowhead here, an arrowhead there. Are there arrowheads in your heart? Are there arrowheads in your heart? The arrowhead of pride, the arrowhead of lust, the arrowhead of egotism, the arrowhead of bitterness, the arrowhead of resentment, the arrowhead of racial prejudice. Are there arrowheads in your heart? They're deep down there, and they're not on the surface. And on your knees before God, you're praying, and you're saying, Lord, there are arrowheads in my heart. May the gentleness in the springs come. And may the spring bring them out. May the rain of the Spirit bring them out. May the fire of the Spirit reveal them. What does fire do? Fire reveals. Fire reveals. Look at Hebrews, please. Fire reveals. And look at the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Fire reveals what's deep within us. 
Fire reveals what's deep within the soul. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire is the baptism of the glory of God that reveals within me sins that nobody else sees, that leads me in the final generation to confess those sins before God so they are not hindrances in my witness to the people around me or hindrances to the people that I am trying to witness to. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Looking diligently. Looking how? Looking casually. Looking half-heartedly. Looking superficially. Looking occasionally. Looking what? Diligently. Give me another word for diligently. Yeah. Earnestly. Earnestly. Determinedly. Determinedly. Carefully. Okay. Looking carefully, determinedly, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. I don't want to fall short of the grace of God, do you? Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So, so he says, look diligently, lest any root of bitterness. Have you ever picked a weed before? by chopping off the weed at the surface and leaving the root there. That takes care of the problem, doesn't it? You just chop that thing off. I mean, you got weeds growing up in your grass and you just come along with the mower. You cut those weeds off. And what's going to happen the next time you cut the grass? They're going to be back, right? What does the Bible say? Looking what? Diligently, lest any root of what? Bitterness spring up and cause what? Trouble. Roots produce shoots, and shoots produce fruits. Roots produce what? Shoots, and shoots produce what? Fruits. So if you have a root of bitterness, it's going to produce the shoot of anger, which is going to produce the fruit of broken relationships. If you have the root in your heart of impurity, it'll produce the shoot of immorality, which will produce the fruit of adultery. See, every root produces a shoot, which ultimately will produce a fruit. So if I want to deal with bad fruit, I have to chop down the shoot at the root. Because if I don't chop down the shoot at the root, it'll continue to produce the fruit. And if I don't want the fruit, I got to get the root, not the shoot. All right. That's what the Bible teaches, right? That's what the Bible teaches. Looking diligently, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root a bitterness springing up cause trouble. Amen. The roots are always going to cause trouble. So I say, Lord, deal with that root for me. Right. Deal with that root. I don't want to just cut this thing off at the top. I don't want to cut it off at the top. I want to get at the root. You will never get at the root if you don't see the root. I want the fire of God's Spirit to reveal to me the roots in my own heart. We'll be right back with Pastor Mark Finley. We thank you for listening and hope you're enjoying today's message. 
Our mission is to attractively present the Christ-centered biblical truths of Scripture in a practical, relevant way to people around the world so that they may experience the abundant life that Christ offers and effectively share with confidence His life-changing truths with others. You can support this ministry and help us reach even more by going to hopelives365.com slash donate. And now, back to Pastor Mark Finley. God is not going to tie you on the cosmic operating table and perform psycho-spiritual surgery on your mind. He will allow you to kneel before Him in deep repentance, asking Him to reveal to you those deep shoots within the heart. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's not emotional ecstasy. It's deep repentance when I'm in the presence of God, on my knees, allowing God to do a work in my heart through the ministry and work of His Holy Spirit. So the first thing that fire does is fire what? Reveals. Now the second thing that fire does is fire consumes. Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 11 to 13. Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 11 to 13. Fire consumes. Ezekiel 24, and we're looking at verse 11 to 13. Fire reveals and fire consumes. What is the baptism of fire? The baptism of fire is a, the presence of the Spirit in the life that not only reveals character deficiencies, but consumes them through His power. It is allowing the Spirit to do something in me that I can never do in myself. Ezekiel 24, verse 11 and onward. Then set the pot empty on the coals, that it may become hot and its bronze may burn. This is a parable that God was giving to Ezekiel. That its filthiness may be melted, that its scum may be what? Consumed. She has wearied herself with lies, verse 12, and her great scum has not gone from her. Let her scum be in the fire. In your filthiness is lewdness, because I've purged you, and you are not purged. And so he's, he's talking to Israel, and he says, let her scum be in the fire. So what does fire do? It burns up or consumes the what? The scum. Have you ever got on your knees and say, Lord, I got some scum in my life. I want that scum to be consumed. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is immersion in the presence and glory of God where he reveals to me what sin is, where he consumes those areas of open rebellion against God. Now, there is a difference between the weakness that we have because we reside in human flesh and rebellion against God. You and I are, are, are weak. We have tendencies toward... To, 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 the, the devil's temptations lead us to fall. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can enable us to be strong. Amen. But we still, as long as we're in this world, are going to have a physical body and a weakened mind. And we will never come to the place where we can say, I've achieved or I've arrived. 
We are always saved by God's grace. We are always dependent on the indwelling of the Spirit in our hearts and lives to enable us to face the temptations of Satan. There is never a time in this life where I can say, God, I made it. I have the spiritual strength to overcome Satan. Once you have that attitude, you have already fallen because you already have pride in your heart. The Bible says that God is going to consume the scum, the scum. What is the purpose of fire? It is to reveal and it is to consume. Take your Bible, please, and turn to Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. Lord, burn in me through your Holy Spirit. Consume everything that's not in harmony with your will. Malachi 3, verse 2 and 3. Malachi 3, verse 2 and 3. But who can endure the day of his coming? Malachi, last book, Old Testament. Chapter 3, verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? He is like a what? Refiner's fire. What will he do in verse 3? He'll sit as a refiner, as a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, purge them as gold and silver, that he may offer to the Lord an offering of righteous, in righteousness. Lord, I want my life to be an offering in what? Righteousness, not in unrighteousness, right? And God, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, do you see that the expression of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a lot deeper than many of our Pentecostal friends have ever imagined? That the baptism of fire is an immersion in the presence, glory, and power of God that, that gives God permission to reveal in my life whatever sin separates me from Him. That gives God permission in my life to consume those things that He reveals. Every time you read fire in the Bible, it's the presence of God. A pillar of fire leads Israel by night. And what does that pillar represent? The presence of God that's leading them. When they made the sanctuary, and they made the most holy place, and when the Israelites made the Ark of the Covenant, there were two angels on the top of the Ark, and what was in the middle of that? The cherubim, right? the, the, the Shekinah glory, and that fire represented what? The presence of God. Can you think of other experiences in the Old Testament that reveal the fire as the presence of God? Uh, Elijah, Mount Carmel, sure. Um, the amazing parallel with that one on Elijah and Mount Carmel. For three and a half years, there's been a famine in the land, right? Three and a half years, 1260 days. 1260 days, 538 to 1798, you know, symbolism. Elijah translated without seeing death. Elijah raised up after the literal drought. The Advent movement, the remnant raised up after the, the spiritual drought. Uh, Ahab and Jezebel, church and state unite. Death decree, they, they want to kill Elijah. Elijah calls them to the Ten Commandments. So... 1260 years, 538 to 1798, God raises up his remnant, his Elijah movement. They go out to proclaim his law. The fire falls, the presence of God in the latter rain power to finish God's work. And the cloud comes with the rain. You know, you see the parallelisms. But again, the fire there represents the presence of God that beats back all forces of hell. 
This foundation is extremely important. It's following a biblical principle that William Miller established. And what was Miller's principle? Let the Bible do what? Interpret it what? Self. I some time ago read a story about old Dalmatia. In old Dalmatia, they had real problem with finding adequate either wood for homes or adequate brick for homes. So what they had to do is use a brick that had bitumen in it. Now, if you know anything about bitumen at all, it stinks. I mean, it stinks and stinks and stinks. Bitumen is so bad that it gives you an odor from, I don't know, uh, you know, 500 yards away. That, when the wind is blowing in the right direction, I mean, the odor is so bad that your eyes run. It's terrible. They built their homes out of bitumen. Couldn't live in them. Uninhabitable. But bitumen is combustible. So once they would build their homes, they would burn them. And it would, the bitumen that was in the brick would come to the surface and it would be all burned out, all consumed, and the homes would look like white marble, and they would smell the smell of beautiful purity. I'm like an old bitumen brick. I stink pretty bad, and there's a lot of scum in me. And Jesus comes with his spirit, and he says, Mark, I want to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I want my spirit to fall upon you, to burn up everything in you that is scum, everything in you that is filth. And I want to make you a temple for the living God that my spirit can dwell in. The baptism of fire occurs when on our knees before God, we ask him to reveal who we are and we ask him to consume that filth within us to make us the kind of people that we ought to be. There is one other thing about fire and it's why God gives us fire I would like you though just to before I go to that point I missed a text that I wanted to give you and that was numbers 31 verse 23 numbers 31 verse 23 it is talking about this idea of fire and cleansing It's a powerful passage. Numbers 31, verse 23. This is the counsel that God is given. And Eliezer, the priest, is talking about the ordinance of the law. And he's talking about, in this this passage, uh, when they come back from war and the enemy's goods. And he makes an interesting statement in verse 23. It just shows you the Old Testament concept of fire, again, and cleansing. It links those two. Uh, Numbers 31, verse 23. Everything that can endure fire, you shall put through the fire, and it shall be what? Clean. It should be purified with the water of purification, but all that cannot endure fire you'll put through water. So fire here again is mentioned as a great symbol of what? Cleansing, purification. You read that in Malachi 3 that we read it. You read it again. Uh, Fire 
is shown in the Old Testament as a symbol of cleansing and a symbol of empowerment. And sometimes those things are linked. A good illustration of the linking of cleansing and empowerment is Isaiah. Verse 6 of Isaiah 6. Well, let's go back and read verse 1. Okay. In the year that... We're reading verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And it stood above the seraphim, each one had six wings, which two covered, two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and two he flew. And one cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, to get the impact of this, here's what we're going to tie together. The baptism of fire, the baptism of fire, the glory of God, the cleansing of God, the revelation of our sin, and the proclamation of the gospel in the last days. Revelation 18 and verse what? One, after these things, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having great what? Power or authority, either one, power. And the earth was illuminated or filled with his what? Glory. When the latter reign of the Spirit is poured out in the baptism of fire on God's last day church, the whole earth will be filled with the what? Glory of God. And the glory of God is his character. And what is the baptism of fire? It is immersion in the presence and power and glory of God. And when does that occur? When the fire of the Spirit reveals sin, consumes sin, it empowers our life. You've been listening to Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. We hope you've enjoyed today's message and remind you that you can find more in our many ministry resources at hopelives365.com. And you can support this ministry by going to hopelives365.com slash donate. And now, a final thought from Pastor Mark. When the fire of the Spirit reveals to us our sin and we linger before God, He sends fire from His altar to purge our hearts. There's nothing in your life that is so bad the Spirit can't purge it. There is no sin that binds you, that the Spirit cannot burn those cords that hold you. There is no failure in your life that it cannot be cleansed by the Spirit. No weakness that cannot be empowered. 